It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Here is this striking, handsome man walking beside the most famous woman in the world. Who is he? What's your name? Philip. Philip what? It's just Philip. All men must step into the unknown. You are a mystery man to me. Hi, Jess. Hello. Thank you for coming back on again. Of course. My pleasure. So please introduce yourself, not like people don't already know you. <laughs> because I'm um, the big star that I am. It's awkward to walk up to someone and be like, hey, I know you, but can you just tell me again who you are? <laughs> well... I, I was going to try and make some like amazing big introduction, like the Wizard of Oz guy or something, but no, I don't, I, I just don't have it in me. Um, yes, my name is Jess. Hi, I have a podcast called The Real Housewife of the West Side. I know I have a soft voice. There's nothing I can do about it, so I apologize. <laughs> I'll try and enunciate and speak loudly. But yes, I have a podcast about um, essentially just, you know, like random shit. So I just listened to your Patreon with Jody. It's it was everything on her podcast. Oh, yeah. that Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, I felt bad because I kept going off on tangents and it ended up being so long. No, no. What was your thoughts on Real Housewives of Orange County? We had the new premiere. I... I think I've maybe said this to you before. I'm not sure. But I, you know, I was not a fan of uh, demoting Vicky. I really wasn't. I know she can be a garbage person sometimes, but I just feel like if you're going to, you know, Vicky is Vicky at this point. And almost like, almost like Ramona is just going to apologize at every reunion and then do the same stuff again next year. Like that's Ramona. And I feel like Vicky is Orange County and she, you know, sometimes I love to hate her. Sometimes I like love to love her rarely. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, just freaking relax. But I just feel like she's so synonymous with the Orange County franchise. Okay. Can we just talk about Ryan and his serial killer appearance? He's looking like the missing link. (laughs) Or like Harry and the Hendersons? Oh, yeah, totally Harry and the Hendersons. I used to think that if you took away his, you know, pedophile beard or whatever, allegedly, that he would look better. But then in his confessionals, when he was bald and like all clean shaven, I was like, oh, no, it's not better. It's actually equally as bad. Um, she's, trying to, she's trying to bring a different theme because the last few years have all been medical related, I think. I know. I'm like, really, Tamara, of all the people in the world, like no matter where on the political spectrum you lie. I don't think anyone wants to hear about politics from Tamara Barney. (laughs) No, no. I asked you to come on today to do a mini satini on the tragedy of a princess that you probably never even heard of. I have never heard of her, but I love any story that involves a princess, actually. Actually, my dog is named Gracie, and sometimes I call her Princess Grace of Monaco. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. So this is a little daily in that there was at some point The Crown was really popular. I think it was on Netflix. I never right? watched it. Did you? No, no, no. No, I feel like I wa- I read enough of these 
trashy articles and everything that I could probably feel like I'm good. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're not going to tell like the real story. I don't want to watch the fictionalized, glamorized version of it. Yeah. yeah. But during that show, they featured a storyline where Prince Philip, the one that's married to Queen Elizabeth, and I guess there was some illusion that they talked about how he had this sister he really, really cared for because he was sent away to boarding school and his mom had a nervous breakdown. I don't know if you know about any of that. No. And so he was attached to this one particular sister. And I'm going to say her name is Princess Cecily, but I feel like some people might say Cecile, but I say Cecily. I'm thinking because it ends in I-E. No, I think it is Cecily. Yeah, I think it is Cecily. You're right. Yeah. The show took some dramatic license, but basically his sister and nephews died in this plane crash. And there's always been some stories about how his family might have been friendly in the 1930s with the Nazis, but that's because they were displaced. And if you think about the royal family, actually, is German. Oh, I German didn't lineage. think about that, actually. So the story began decades before that flight, and it claimed the lives of Cecily and her family, and their father was Prince Andrew of Greece and Denmark, and he was at the center of the September 11th 22 revolution where he was placed in, in exile and his whole family was stripped of their Greek nationality. Family was forced to flee Greece and in the years that followed, the family dispersed throughout Europe. So Prince Andrew's wife, Princess Alice, suffered a nervous breakdown and was institutionalized in Switzerland. And so from that point forward, the marriage was over. His three daughters married German men and moved away and Prince Philip was sent to school in Britain and eventually brought up by his mother's British relatives. This was a tumultuous time in European history, and it touched every part of the family's lives. The sisters, Margarita, <laughs> Margarita, <laughs> Sophie, and Cecily, they're not really like a theme here. I feel like these names are kind of like all over the place, but whatever. I else? totally agree. All married husbands who at some point were sympathetic to the Nazi cause in Germany. Well, that's just lovely. Cecily's husband, George Donatus, joined the party, yeah. being the Nazi party, yep. right, in 1937. This would become a stain on the lives of the members of Prince Philip's family. Well, no shit. And something that was soon, not soon forgotten. So in October of 1937, Princess Cecily's father-in-law, the Grand Duke Ernst Ludwig of Essie, passed away. And a few short weeks later, his son was due to marry the Honorable Margaret Campbell Goad. Goad? I think that's a nice way to say it. I say we go with that. Yeah. I was trying to be all, like, formal, um, which would require the couple of child to England. At this time, Princess Cecily was heavily pregnant with her fourth child and was due to give birth in a matter of weeks. The episode of The Crown, the prospect of flying, is shown to cause Cecily some great distress as she marked her fear of flying. While, in fact, may or may not be true in real life, to face such an event while pregnant is no light feat. That's true. In November of 1937, Prince George, Princess Cecily, their two sons, and George's mother, the Grand Duchess Eleanor, boarded a plane in Darmstadt that was bound for London. The flight was scheduled to make a stop in Brussels, Belgium, but bad weather struck and the flight was forced to continue on to the city of Ostend. However, the weather did not improve much between the two cities, and this is where the tragedy would strike. The plane, flying low, clipped the chimney of a factory. This caused a wing and an engine to rip away from the fuselage, and the plane crashed. All 11 passengers and crew members aboard the flight were killed, but the tragedy of the matter didn't end there. It's speculated that one of the reasons for the flight trying to land is because that Princess Cecily had gone into labor or was in the process of giving birth when the flight went down. 
This speculation exists because when they found the wreckage of the plane and they were exploring it, among the bodies found was that of a stillborn baby boy, the last son of Princess Cecily and Prince George. She was like mid-birth or whatnot. There is also speculation that the birth may not have been the cause of the crash, but the result of the intense stress as the plane went down with either scenario accounting for the sudden birth of the baby. So basically when she was going down or when that's when the baby came out or when she hit the ground. I think that's what happened when they found Lacey Peterson too. The baby was found outside of her body. Yeah. An official Belgian inquiry into the matter stated that Cecily had likely given birth on the plane and the pilot was attempting to land for that reason, which accounts for the low altitude at the time of the crash. No matter what the official cause of the crash was, the tragedy is undeniable. Along with the loss of her life, her own life, George and Cecily's two sons aboard were also killed. Jeez Louise. And from here, tragedy would continue to follow the family. Cecily had one surviving child, her small daughter, Joanna, who was not present on the plane. Her brother-in-law, Ludwig, the one whose wedding she was on her way to attend, adopted the little girl and cared for her for two more years. Sadly, Joanna contracted meningitis and passed away. She was later buried with her father, mother, and three brothers back in Darmstadt. The funeral of Princess Cecily and her husband marks one final dark note in history. Prince Philip was brought home to Germany to attend the service, and pictures of him can be seen among throngs of Nazi supporters who turned out for the funeral. Well, that's lovely. As the princess and her husband had recently joined the movement. Oh, great. It was no surprise that they were buried, surrounded by fellow supporters. Okay, then. The events at the time seemed to spiral into a time of unimaginable difficulty and no doubt sadness for the young Prince Philip. And the crown gives a visual memorial to such a sad event in this time of life. That's sad. That is really sad. I had no idea that they had, like, ties to the Nazis. I feel like I just gave you, like, an after-school special. Uh, Seriously, the more you know. I mean. (laughs) So where can people find your podcast and what do you have coming up on it? Well, let me tell you. My podcast, The Real Housewife of the West Side, stellar production, can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts, I think. Instagram, I am at Real Housewife of the West Side. On Twitter, I try to do Twitter. It's at R-O-H West Side. And um, coming up, actually, I have a little bit of true crime coming up, even though I do talk about like reality TV and like my life and whatever. Sometimes I like to throw a little true crime in there because it's my podcast and I can do whatever I want. My friend Elisa Rosen and I are covering the Garrett Phillips documentary that's on HBO right now. Very, very interesting and very... I guess, kind of polarizing. If you want to Google it, Google it. It's who killed Garrett Phillips. The young pair struck up a written correspondence. You wouldn't have thought they were well-suited because Princess Elizabeth had such a sheltered upbringing and Prince Philip had this much more sort of uh, bohemian upbringing. The royal establishment had their doubts about Philip's suitability. They weren't anti-Philip. They were anti the fact that he wasn't part of the British establishment. He might have royal blood, but he hadn't got a being. And he had a difficult um, family background. And um, I think that, that the King George and Queen Elizabeth felt that she was too young to make up her mind. And perhaps they would have preferred a sort of rich English or Scottish aristo than a penniless prince. 
Prince Philip put his foot in it straight away when he arrived up at Balmoral to meet uh, Princess Elizabeth's parents, uh, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth. And he walked into the room and actually did a curtsy because he was wearing a kilt. And he thought that would endear him to his future parents-in-law, but in fact, uh, they didn't think it was at all funny. The courtiers were not friendly. They thought that he was ignorant. They thought he wasn't properly educated, i.e. he hadn't been to Eton, which is, you know, the thing for the courtiers. He told me when he went to stay at Windsor Castle, there was a flunky taking him to his room and showing him the way. And he said rather impatiently to this flunky, I do know the way, you know, my mother was born here. They thought he was a bit of a rough diamond, basically. And of course, he was a foreigner. His sisters were very Germanic. They'd all married Germans, two of whom were Nazis. So it was difficult, and uh, the Queen Mother apparently always called him the Hun. When he came into the room, she'd say, here comes the Hun, which I don't think he particularly liked. His sister Sophie, the one who became Princess George of Hanover, her first husband, Prince Christopher of Hesse, uh, died in 1943, and he had been a member of the party, and they all became disillusioned by this later, but I mean, there's no question about it, they were, because a lot of princes in Germany were taken in by Hitler. Cecile um, was, was living in Darmstadt, and um, married to the Grand Duke, who had literally just inherited the title, and they were coming over to England for the wedding of his brother to Margaret Geddes. And unfortunately, the plane hit a chimney in the fog at Ostend, and everybody on board was killed. So Prince Philip was called into his father's study. And I, I remember when I first started working with, with people in his office, they said one thing you should know about him is this awful thing happened that he desperately minded about his sister, and even more so because she was pregnant at the time. And, I mean, the little baby was actually born in the trauma of the accident. And so he then travelled out with his father to Darmstadt, to the funeral, and, you know, there were just rows of coffins. There's no question about it that there was a lot of Nazi influence in Darmstadt, but you obviously can't put that at Prince Philip's door at all. I mean, he was there because he was attending his sister's funeral, but he will have seen that and he would have been very well aware of it. But it was very difficult um, for him, and, of course, when he was marrying the Queen, um, so some of the Mustafia courtiers were very much taking the idea that, you know, I mean, he was basically German. Having German connections was about to get extremely undesirable. Now we are at war, and we are going to make war, until the other side have had enough of it. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. 
Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.